The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Ticking Stock with Kelly McMillan. If the name sounds like a business show to you, then you've got it all wrong. Kelly McMillan is the principal of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks and will talk about shooting for fun, competition, hunting, and self-defense. Now, here is your host, Kelly McMillan. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, and I'm your host. We'll be here for the next hour talking about uh, just about everything related to firearms and the firearms industry. Uh, here with me today is Zev the Wolf Nadler. Say hi, Zev. How you doing, folks? And also have Cooper Balestrino, our IT specialist in, in the studio today. Uh, she's going to tell us what we've got going on as far as uh, our social media goes, but we'll, we'll get to her in a few minutes. Say hi, Cooper. Hey, guys. Okay. Hey, we've got a new segment that we're going to start calling, uh, and we're going to call it Collegiate Spotlight. And what we want to do is highlight a university that has a shooting program and competitive shooting for all those parents who have junior shooters and might be interested in finding out what it takes to get their uh, kid into a shooting program at a major university and maybe even get some of their education paid for. So we're going to start it out with, uh, we're going north. We're going to start at the top of the list, both alphabetically and and uh, geographically. So, so we're going to go to Alaska, and we've got the coach of the University of Alaska at Fairbanks uh, shooting team. His name is Lane Lewis, and he's going to share with us uh, a bunch of information that will be very helpful to any juniors or their parents that are shooting. Lane, thanks for being on the show. Thank you much. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, let's. Uh, we've only got about uh, five or ten minutes on this, so let's not waste any time. Uh, give us your your sales pitch on the University of Alaska at Fairbanks. Um, sure thing. Uh, University of Alaska is the uh, second most successful uh, rifle program in NCAA history. We have 10 national titles, and we have gone to the past 26 NCAA championships consecutively, making us one of the most long, uh, longest-running appearances at NCAA championships. Um, and we're in Alaska. You can't beat that. I mean, it's fabulous up here. Sure, it gets a little cold in the winter, but it's still still Alaska. I have to agree with you. I lived in Alaska when I was young. My father was stationed at Elmendorf. It's a little more moderate than Fairbanks is, but uh, actually Fairbanks gets fairly warm during the summer and, uh, you know, a great place to be. Um, Though I'm sure a lot of uh, kids would uh, come home for the – I don't know if you keep your shooters around so they practice. I know your, your season is just about to start. Is that right? Yeah, so our season, it's a winter sport. We run September through March. 
And um, I encourage everybody to go home just because Alaska is so far away for most people. I mean, three to 4,000 miles if they're over on the East Coast. So I encourage uh, my shooters to go home during the summer, train at their home ranges, be with their family, uh, get, get some summer work in to help pay for college and everything. Just because being so far away from home for that long, it can get a little taxing. You have a rifle team, is that yes, correct? Yes, we do. So tell us what NCAA rifle competition is. NCAA rifle competition is mirrored very similar to the international uh, courses of fire that you see in the Olympic competitions. Um, it's sort of a feeder program for the U.S. national and Olympic teams. So we shoot both uh, small bore 22s and air rifles, all international style with the crazy looking aluminum stocks that have a thousand adjustments on them. And we shoot two courses of fire. Uh, air rifle is standing only 60 shots. We shoot uh, at 10 meters and the 10 dot is a half millimeter wide and the best shooters on my team can hit that dot 60 times in a row. And then small bore uh, is three positions. So we shoot prone, standing, and kneeling, 20 shots in each position. And again, they're shooting at 50 feet for this one. And the 10 dot, again, is a half millimeter wide. And my best shooters can hit that 55 out of 60 times. You know, that that's awesome. And I will tell you, um, a couple of weeks ago, I was in Colorado Springs at the shooting facility of the Olympic Training Center. Um, it happened to be Lonis Wigger's uh, birthday, and they yep. were actually naming the the range in his honor uh, as a tribute to all of the tremendous things he's done as a shooter, as a coach, and, and as uh, an ambassador for the sport. And some of the people who shared talked about their experience in college. So if anybody ever had the aspiration of being a, an American Olympian and loves to shoot, going to the university may be one of the better ways to get the experience and the recognition to get into the Olympic Training Center. Is that correct? That That's, that's correct, mainly because... You get so much more competition experience. Uh, you're you're going to be guaranteed matches when you're on the university team. Um, so you'll be tr- competing with the rest of the uh, schools in the country. There's about 30 of us. And it's very competitive. So you'll be competing against the best athletes in the country, traveling all around the country. So you get travel experience. And the main thing is just availability of range time. I mean, the NCAAs allows us to practice 16 hours a week. And... If you had to pay for that yourself uh, at a club, that's going to be adding up expenses really quick. That, And if you're on a college team, you'll get scholarships to help pay for your higher education as well. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, I will tell you that, that Lonis himself said that it, it took him about 10 years to learn how to shoot, and it took him another 10 years to learn how to win. So yep. <laughs> competing as, and when you talked about how successful your shooters were, especially an air rifle, I mean, it, it, it's not just being able to do that. It's being able to do that and win, and, and that's the sort of thing that you can spend four years at a university, uh, yeah, a lot of it will be learning technique and trigger control and all the things you need to do to be able to shoot, but a lot of it will be learning how to win, being part of a team, uh, so many great things that I think that uh, would be such a great um, 
way for kids not only to learn to shoot but learn to win and you know uh, grow up and be a part of a team and and learn how to you know be more successful in life i think it's a great place to go yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Uh, almost all collegiate athletes in any sport go on to have very successful careers either in their sport or uh, in their uh, desired major that they had uh, while they were attending the universities because you're just held to a higher standard and you learn to work well with your teammates um, all around, and that's kind of the main goal of uh, NCAA athletics is to is to help uh, bolster uh, better better athletes and better uh, community leaders and just make all around better better people if you want to put it that way. How many shooters do you carry on your team? Um, so we're one of the smaller teams, mostly just because our range is a little bit smaller. So I currently have eleven people on my team right now. How many of them are on scholarship? I have, of my 11, I have seven of them on scholarship. Oh, okay. And is that normally about what the number that you carry? Um, yes, it is. Uh, we have a 12-point range, so I don't want to have more than 12, mostly just because I'll be taking range time away from somebody. So I try to keep it between 10 and 11. And um, I guarantee at my program, at least by your junior year, if not earlier, you will be on some kind of athletic scholarship. Great. Um, if somebody's interested, uh, how do they get in touch with you? Uh, the easiest way to find out uh, my information is go to our website, alaskananooks.com. Um, you'll see all the links for all of our sports. You can click on rifle. Um, my information will be there. Our our uh, competition schedule will be there so you can follow us and see how we're doing competing. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, Alaska Nanooks, uh, Alaska Nanook Rifle. Uh, you can follow us there. I post uh, updates about the team and our competitions on there as well. And I am readily available. I answer questions not only about uh, rifle, but about shooting sports in general. Would you spell Nanook so they could make sure they get it right when they're looking for you? Sure, it is N-A-N-O-O-K-S. Sounds like Nanook of the North. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> hey, Lane, I got a question. Uh, you touched briefly on the scholarship uh, once they're in there. Is there a path or a source that you could direct folks to to see how they can get a scholarship possibly going in, how to apply for something going in? Uh, basically, that is at the discretion of the coaches. Um, we uh, do recruiting like any other sport, and we get to know the athletes. And if we uh, really want to encourage somebody to come here, we can just offer them scholarships. So the best way to get scholarships coming in as a freshman is uh, send, to the, send the coaches your shooting resume, uh, get the word out, attend national matches, and get that draw coming to you so that we can, we can start looking at you and say, that's a good shooter. I want them to come here so we can uh, start talking and when in their career is that a good time to do that junior year uh, senior year ju junior year is a good start to start uh, uh, thinking about which colleges you want to attend make sure they have an academic program that you're interested in is the main uh, importance because we want everybody to graduate in four years with a full degree and yeah uh, there's not two there's not too many people yep. that are going to go on to be professional shooters. So, yeah, yeah, the education is the big part of this. Yep, that's why they're called student athletes and not the other way around. 
And uh, once you have narrowed it down to your academic sources, then you start looking at the rifle programs at those schools and start talking with the coaches and uh, just keep in touch. The big biggest thing is just keep in touch, keep emailing them, calling them every month, and just let them know how you're doing. Lane, I, I really appreciate you being on. Uh, it, it's really great to see somebody who really takes pride in their school and, and their program. Uh, you've obviously done a great job as a coach. Uh, give us the website one more time for those interested in finding out how to get in touch with you or, or at least starting the process. Sure. Our website, again, is Alaska Nanooks, and Nanooks is spelled N-A-N-O-O-K-S dot com. Thanks. I really appreciate you being on, and uh, we'll touch base with you uh, later in the year and, and see how your team is doing. All right. Thank you much. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. For over 40 years, Macmillan USA has been at the leading edge of the gun stock industry. The company was born out of the desire to improve and perfect form, function, and precision with every one of their premium fiberglass stocks. From tactical to hunting to competitive shooting, Macmillan stocks are designed to dominate. Their signature three-way adjustable butt plates, adjustable cheek pieces, rail mounts, and adapters provide a versatile platform built on performance. Over 65 custom finishes are available, ranging from solid colors to camouflage. Check out the Macmillan website for hundreds of stocks available for immediate delivery. And for those wanting something more specialized, call the knowledgeable and friendly staff at Macmillan for a complete list of options at 877-365-6148 or visit MacmillanUSA.com. Again, that's 877-365-6148 or visit MacmillanUSA.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You are listening to Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Now back to the show. Hey, I'm not sure what happened there, but we had a little bit of a technical difficulty. And uh, unfortunately, Cooper did a tremendous job of sharing everything that we've got going on. And it was all during that commercial break. So unfortunately, you didn't get to hear it. But let's call that a dry run for the next time I ask her in to have her do that. <laughs> we need to get on to our first guest now. Um, his name is Philip Nauman. He's a... Uh, uh, a talk show host uh, of a, a gun show 
in the Los Angeles area, believe it or not. You know, it, it, we all think about California as being so anti-gun that we wouldn't believe that there would actually be a, a radio show station in the L.A. area that that would support uh, a gun talk radio. But uh, Philip's done a really good job, and I'm really happy to have you on the show, Philip. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for the invitation, Kelly. Yeah, we, uh, we are broadcasting from the People's Republic of Occupied California. <laughs> and I know you make that point every time you come on the radio, so that's cool. Um, but, and, you know, and watch out, folks, those of you still in free America, because California's leading export seems to be liberals. So, you know, oh, <laughs> cover, cover your bases. Make sure you get out there and vote every chance you get, because they're, they're on the move. Well, I know one has landed in, in Oregon and just signed a law that will allow the uh, local law enforcement to go into anyone's home and confiscate their firearms if a complaint has been lodged against them for being aggressive. So See, we've had somebody that. can, that's yeah, a, somebody, that's somebody can a say, in California. oh, is it already? Yeah. If somebody has a restraining order, so, you know, let's say that uh, there's a divorce. You know, quite often the opposing attorney will just, just on ad hoc put a restraining order out on, against somebody. You've got 48 hours to deliver all of your firearms to a police department or, or get rid of them. You can't have access to a firearm with a restraining order in California. So it's but been the law in Oregon is a little here. different. That. But the law in Oregon is different in that you don't need a restraining order. It's basically just on hearsay. A third party can come up and say, this guy oh seems odd, and you lose your guns. Well, yeah, that's and I spoke now, to a, Now California is going to try and out, outdo Oregon. So. <laughs> exactly. They're going to make it even easier. You know, I spoke to one of the manufacturers that I work with in Oregon, and, you know, the situation is, is if anyone, if they've got you know, a bone to pick with you, if they really want to hurt you, all they have to do is go to the cops and say, you know, uh, this guy was really aggressive. He threatened me, and I know he has guns, and it scares me. And that, uh, yeah, that's no, all it takes is for them to come get your guns. Yeah, not only does he have guns, he has a shooting program, and he's a professional hunter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, do us a favor, Phil. T- tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you grew up, uh, how you got into doing what you're doing. You know, it's kind of a funny thing. A teenage rebellion uh, goes both ways. My family, my mom specifically, was totally anti-gun. So when I was 15 years old, as my teenage rebellion, I actually got a job emptying trash cans and cleaning the glass cases in the gun store that was half a mile from my home. And uh, it just turned into uh, the positive exposure with with firearms. Um, Buckhorn Guns was the name of the store in Glendora. And it was just... He was a main hunter. Mike Russo was the owner's name. He was a hunter. He taught me hunting. He taught me about firearms. Kind of developed the love that I already had, and it started there. Started started as a uh, as a part time job uh, getting through high school, but it's just carried on. And and here in California, you know, I've hunted all the local mountains, which are probably some of the most difficult hunting in the world. If you can hunt Southern California successfully, you can be a hero in Colorado. So it's. We have we have a pretty difficult hunting season and hunting terrain out here, but it was just something that blossomed, and then eventually it grew into pistols and shotguns and you know some of the other shooting sports that I've enjoyed so much over the years. 
Well, I remember when I had my trouble with uh, Bank of America, you were one of the first people to call me up and say, hey, would you like to come on the show? We'll talk about it. And um, having never done a radio show, I drove over to uh, L.A. and and actually did the show from your studio. So I'm telling you that being in your studio was the first time I'd ever done a show from the studio. And it's kind of, you know, helped me understand what I need to do to do this show. And we're actually building a studio in our facility here. So we're going to actually have a real honest-to-goodness studio. Hopefully, we'll take care of some of those technical difficulties that we seem to have from time to time. I think that uh, live, just goes along radio, with the you internet. always have technical difficulties. Yeah. Well, especially with internet. You know, internet's not as dependable as it could be. Well, you hey, know, Phil, that Bank of America, that Bank of America issue you were dealing with, uh, Trump actually stopped Operation Chunk Choke Point through the ATF. I don't know if you saw that news at all. You know, yes, we did. We're, we're well aware that he actually passed a uh, it wasn't a law, but he he instructed the um, Department of Justice to go out to all of the FDIC organizations that have been implementing Operation Choke Point and stop it and to reverse whatever they possibly could. Don't know if you were aware of it, but a couple months ago, back in June, I went to Capitol Hill and sat in on the committee that was there investigating on uh, what the extent of the damage was that was created by Operation Choke Point and how they could fix it. So um, I was real, real proud of the fact that I was able to participate and, and uh, hopefully some of the input was used in making a determination about how they're going to try to, to help the companies out that were really financially hurt by it. Absolutely. And, and the amount of business that you do as a military contractor too, right? I mean, they're, they're hurting themselves. They're hurting access to uh, deliver top quality rifle stocks to the military. Exactly right. You know, they they can't have it both ways. They can't have us supplying the, the government if we can't go ahead and, and, you know, do what we really do. And that is supply thousands of individual shooters uh, throughout the year with, with stocks for their rifles. So, um, yeah, they didn't know it, but they weren't helping themselves out. Yeah, I got to tell you, I, I recently got a, uh, the game warden, no, the game scout, got a game scout from Model 70 that you folks shipped out. Absolutely beautiful. Love that stock. That's a great, great model that you came out with. It is the most popular hunting stock that we have right now. It surpassed what was has been for years our most popular hunting stock, which is the McMillan Hunter. Uh, the Game Scout is really cool. Vertical pistol grip. You know, the the longer the ranges get, the more likely you're going to be shooting prone, and that vertical vertical pistol grip definitely makes that better when you're you're shooting from a prone position, um, and. As we were trying to explain uh, earlier in the show, uh, that is the basis for the design of our tradition uh, polymer stock that we'll be coming out with the first of next year. It's a, a polymer hunting stock for long and short 700s in, in uh, either a regular magnum barrel channel and a BDL. So anybody that has one of those rifles wants to upgrade their stock for now for around 250 bucks can get into a stock that will actually uh, maintain the Macmillan reputation for quality and of course the service will be there as, as with all of our products. This is your new branch of business, the McCube? That, that's right. That's correct. That's the McCube stocks. I've been waiting for that with beta breath out here. When when are we going to be in production for that? 
Uh, that one will probably be, uh, we expect to have them before the SHOT Show on the tradition. Uh, the Legend, which is the A5 model, um, will see our prototypes the 1st of October and hope to have some available for sale by the end of October. That would be a great Christmas gift out there. And, you Absolutely. Know, th- those of us out here who have to, we, we have to watch out for ourselves, right? We, we've got to buy the gift and put the card on it from your wife. I'm just saying that's usually a good way to do these things. It, it works out really well in my family. How about you, Kelly? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, anything related to firearms, uh, they know where it comes from. So no matter what I put on the card, they know who it is. <laughs> and when I was married, every firearm cost about 20% of their uh, listed price. So a $1,000 AR was only 200 by the time I got we, home. We, yeah, exactly. Except she's going to end up selling them for selling them for what you told her she pay, you paid for them. But one <laughs> of the rules I've had on my show is because, you know, guys are driving around and they got their wife in the car and she finally lets them listen to the show, right? And then we're saying how much something actually costs. No way. Oh. So everything <laughs> everything costs about a hundred bucks. Okay? A new Rain rifle, man. I like a, that. It's about a hundred. New stocks, it's about a hundred. Your mileage may vary, but it's about a hundred bucks. Box of ammo, about twenty. And there we go. Yeah. So... I'm going to talk a little bit about the legend stock simply because we've never done that. Uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity to talk about it on your show because you'll know more than anybody else about it. Uh, that stock is going to be available in a fixed comb with a fixed length of pull with a couple of sling swivel studs in the front and one in the rear as a basic model stock for around $250, $260. But we're going to have it available with uh, adjustable comb with sp- uh, actually a patented adjustable comb with a spacer system, a four end rail available in carbon fiber and with hydro dip for as much as you know just under five hundred dollars. So we'll have a full gamut of packages available for that stock that could meet everybody's possible need in putting a stock like that on their rifle so that's that's something i'm really excited about it's not just a a one thing you get to choose and that's all so they'll be able to decide whether they want uh, a, a six inch four inch uh, or four inch rail on a the four end uh an adjustable comb and spacer system or not so it makes it so it's going to be like better. a modular chassis almost so you can you can pick and choose and i want this and i want that and order it up and off it goes yeah, we're going to sell them as packages, So, and, and they'll probably be in the, the local retail stores around the country, and they may have to look through the inventory that the store has, and if they don't have it, tell the tell the store owner, I want this package because I know they're available, and, and you know they'll have to order them one. But um, we're not sure exactly how we're going to sell these and all of the ins and outs about our marketing uh, process, but... We're going to make sure everybody gets exactly the stock they want. That's something McMillan's been known for forever. So, you know, we're going to work really hard to make sure that happens. You know, one of the other things, I was actually uh, deceived by this uh, when I first started uh, working with McMillan and, and ordering my stocks. I thought that when I looked through your website, that uh, the only stocks available for a Winchester were listed under the Winchester holding. I didn't realize you'll inlet any of your stocks for any action as long as you have a pattern for it. And I think that's, you know, that's important for people to know because if you own a Winchester Model 70, frankly, there are not a lot of aftermarket stock options for you. Um, stock options, yeah, I'm a financial planner, kind of anyway. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot of different aftermarket stocks available for you, but... 
you will actually take any stock somebody likes and have an inlet for that. And I think, you know, that's, that's an important feature because, you know, Remington 700 is all over the place. But if you own anything else, sometimes you feel like your uh, choices are limited, but with Macmillan, they're truly not. Yeah, and I'll put one caveat with that. We won't inlet a stock with, for a barreled action that really just doesn't work. Uh, we yeah, don't want customers to be disappointed by the work, even though they insist that they'll be okay with it. Uh, we've had that happen when they say, you know, I, it's okay if the, the rear of the trigger guard sticks out a little bit. I don't care if the tang doesn't match. And just send it to me. So we do. And then they say, Oh, I didn't know it was going to look like this. <laughs> yeah, I want to put so, I want to put the uh, the Stiller 408 on your ultralight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in, in ultralight material. No, we won't do that. You know, we really try to give the customers what they want, unless what they want just doesn't make any sense. So, uh, and then we try the best we can to convince them that there's an alternative that they will be more happy with if they just let us, you know, help them with the decision. Exactly. No, and and you know everybody knows the Macmillan stocks are the way to go. They're just what, what more can you say? You know, they're good enough for Chris Kyle. That'll work for me. Well, thanks. I really appreciate that. And, and you know, we do have a lot of loyal customers. We're working on projects to to instill that loyalty in in our customers. It's something that we tried to do with the rifle company, and I think we were real successful with giving away a shooting class with. Uh, a rifle and and putting on shoots and going to Africa uh, with our customers once they've bought the rifles, you know, share our experiences together. So um, we try to do that with the stocks as well. Philip, why don't you talk about your radio show? Tell us, you know, what the the focus is. I I know it's not a political show, but you already made it clear there's obviously some political, uh, you know, emphasis yeah, in just, in yeah. describing Thank California. You. So. Yeah, that's, that's the sad part about being in California is, although we want to talk about stocks and long-range shooting and Glocks and IDPA and all the good stuff and reloading that we have, um, we're not able to because most of the time we are fighting for our lives in the Second Amendment. Uh, we have a rabid legislature led by Voldemort Jerry Brown um, who are insistent on doing every single thing they can to defeat the Second Amendment. And the problem that we, one of the problems we run into, is it costs them nothing to create horrible legislation. They just simply write a bill. Actually, they get something passed, and they gut and amend it into something horrible after it's been passed. Don't ask me how they do that, but they do it. And, and so it costs them the ink on the paper, but it'll cost us $10 million to fight it. So they drain your treasury, they drain your time, they drain your mental attitude, and a lot of people are simply leaving California. I do financial planning. I'm often advisors here in Redlands, and we do financial planning and investments for people. And, and as we're meeting them for their retirement, one of the questions that comes up is, are you staying? Because people with money and choices aren't. We're here for our families, we're here for our businesses, but other than that, people are leaving the state in great droves. And that's because they're just being driven out by a unbelievably hostile uh, government. And so, unfortunately, a lot of our talk is about what's happening. We have a ammunition registration coming up in January of next year that you will have to buy a special card, a permit to buy ammunition. You will no longer be able to buy it over, over the phone or um, Internet sales and have it shipped in. You have to go down, get registered as an ammunition purchaser. There's a certain amount that you can use and buy. It's ridiculous. You know, none of the, none of the bills or laws that they have passed in California since 
Jerry Brown has been governor, have increased penalties for firearm use in the crime. They've actually lowered them. But they have increased the onerous of making good, law-abiding citizens felons by the assault weapon ban, by this new ammunition law. Um, every single thing, we, they were going to register it or stop it where you could only buy one gun a month. Well, the radio show, Firing Line Radio Show is the name of my program, uh, firinglineradio.com. One of the things we did is we created that into a gun of the month challenge. So we think that we shouldn't be restricted to one gun a month. We should be challenged to buy one gun a month. And, and, and uh, kind of Philip, isn't way. California so, the biggest uh, purchaser of guns, even with all this restriction? Yes. I do believe that the, that the state of California buys more guns than any other state. Not only that, and, and we only have a select list for pistols anyway that we can buy off of, you know, their so-called approved roster. We have, here's a sad fact, folks, we have 8 to 10 million registered gun owners in the state of California, legal gun owners. In our last presidential election, 6 million people in California voted for Hillary Clinton. Wow. And if I remember, Donald Trump. Yeah, if I remember so, correctly, if there was a Taurus with a new color, that had to be submitted with a $10,000 check to uh, get past the restriction. Is that correct? The, the roster, exactly. Yeah, yeah the any, roster. Any firearm. And now we can't have any new issues because they have to have micro-stamping, micro which doesn't even exist. So we're kind of stuck. Um, they're adding different colors and different barrel lengths of revolvers. But, you know, for new gun sales, it's, you probably already own what you're going to own. There's, there's nothing new on the market there um, yeah, for handguns. It, it's- it's kind of crazy, and uh, I don't know how. Uh, I thought Jerry Brown, I, you have term limits on your governor, right? Uh, and he, he wasn't supposed to be able to be reelected, but through some loophole, they got him elected again. Is he going to be able to run for a second term now that he got. Well, he's somehow, on his second term. But it's, it's just like Harry Potter, it's Voldemort. You know, we killed him off the first time, and a damn thing came back to ruin us again. Um, it, he, uh, he resurrected himself for two terms. So the last eight years we've been under Jerry Brown, and the problem is he's not eligible again, so now he's signing all the wacko stuff that the legislature came up. He pretended to be a moderate his first session so he could get in for the second, and he is just wreaking havoc. All, all the political things aside, it's just, it's just not a healthy business environment. It's not a healthy uh, for the Second Amendment for sure. And we have the Humane Society making great inroads to running our Department of Fishing game. Wow. The HSUS, or otherwise known as the Hypocritical Society of Urban Snobs. <laughs> I, I just built a second home north of Phoenix in, in a community called Prescott. And we noticed that in, within this community, uh, a lot of people have moved over from California. And the reason that they have is because they were able to sell their house in California with enough money to come over to Arizona to buy a, a house cash. And their retirements are worth a lot more here than in, in Los Angeles. So, yeah, we, we know that people are leaving California in droves. Unfortunately, uh, all the liberals are still having lots of kids. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. You know, the, the, the sad thing is um, the people are leaving, and, and, and we're having an effect here where people aren't, aren't standing to fight. Uh, I've heard it's, it's maddening. I've heard people say, hey, it doesn't matter. I'm leaving anyway when I retire. That that that's I just don't get that. But well, they could they could be like Alaska. Yeah, they could be like Alaska, where 
uh, a friend of mine's wife retired as a school teacher, but if she leaves Alaska, she doesn't get a retirement. They quit paying. It should her. be like that. They yeah. should have to stay for that. Um, exactly. And then they should pay the taxes that they voted up before they left. Hey, I did, I did want to share something with you, though, if I could. Okay, sure. On September 23rd and 24th, we're going to do a special long-range seminar out here at the Bass Pro Shops in Rancho Cucamonga. Uh, I've teamed up with Rex Tibor, Taborosaurus Rex. You probably have seen his YouTube channel. He did the uh, Sniper 101 series, you know, 101 different uh, chapters on long-range shooting. Uh, he's right. done a couple of these events down in Dallas at the Bass Pro Shops. So we're actually getting this guy to come into the People's Republic of Occupied California and do a long-range seminar for us. And you can get... Uh, Tickets are still available. It's September 23rd, 24th, next Saturday and Sunday, or excuse me, two weeks, Saturday and Sunday, uh, from 10 to 6 or 10 to 7 at Bass Pro Shops in Rancho Cucamonga. RexReviews.org has the tickets. And our shoot day, we've got a private ranch. Maybe we can get you to come down here, uh, Kelly, in uh, Temecula. Private ranch we're going to shoot on in February. So it'll be nice and cool, do some massive long-range shooting. But our seminar series is September 23rd, 24th. Find out more at RexReviews.org. And uh, my website is FiringLineRadio.com. Our Facebook page is FiringLineRadioShow. So you can reach us there, and uh, we're always we're always good to gab about something. Well, that's a perfect uh, X, Phil. Uh, it uh, unfortunately we're out of time, Phil, and we're going to have to move on. But I really do uh, appreciate you sharing the time with me, sharing all that information, and and hope you get a lot of response to the um, the seminar that you're putting on. And yeah, keep me in touch with that uh, long range shooting at that range. I'll be happy to come out in February. Uh, thanks right, again, Kelly, Phil Nauman from Firing Line Radio. And good luck with your show. It sounds great. Thanks, I appreciate it. And uh, I'm going to ask all of our listeners to stand by while we take a short commercial break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. For over 40 years, Macmillan USA has been at the leading edge of the gunstock industry. The company was born out of the desire to improve and perfect form, function, and precision with every one of their premium fiberglass stocks. From tactical to hunting to competitive shooting, Macmillan stocks are designed to dominate. Their signature three-way adjustable butt plates, adjustable cheek pieces, rail mounts, and adapters provide a versatile platform built on performance. Over 65 custom finishes are available, ranging from solid colors to camouflage. Check out the Macmillan website for hundreds of stocks available for immediate delivery. And for those wanting something more specialized, call the knowledgeable and friendly staff at Macmillan for a complete list of options at 877-365-6148 or visit MacmillanUSA.com. Again, that's 877-365-6148 or visit MacmillanUSA.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? 
opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You are listening to Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Now back to the show. Hi, everyone. Thanks for sticking around through that commercial break. Um, Great guest earlier. Wish we had more time. Um, I'm really happy to uh, invite uh, Speedy Gonzalez to the show. Uh, Such a great guy, somebody I've known for a long time. I I really was a young man when when I met him for the first time. Uh, Just excited to hear his story and and let him share a little bit about uh, what his... uh, uh, travels have been in in the world of, of firearms speedy thanks for being on the show well kelly thank you for inviting me to be on the show it's uh, an honor okay let me say first off you're not that little mouse that runs around on the cartoon you're, you're a real man and you've had human experiences right no there's some days i wish i were that mouse where i could hide from some of the customers but uh that's what uh, brings in the money yeah, well, Speedy's real name is Thomas, uh, Tom, but I, I didn't even know that for about the first 20 years I knew him. So uh, he's been Speedy to everybody in the bench rest game. And uh, why don't you do us a favor? Uh, talk a little bit about your younger days, how you got into uh, shooting and bench rest and, and why you followed the path you have. Well, uh, I initially got in by reading Warren Page's book, The Accurate Rifle. And in a chapter where I was reading uh, about the uh, bench press shooters who were being inducted into the Hall of Fame, uh, I set that to be my goal in life. It wasn't to make a lot of money or be the president or anything. I just wanted to get into the bench press Hall of Fame. And that's kind of where your family came into play. Uh, Pat, your uncle, and uh, Gail, your father, uh, were instrumental into taking me from just a novice shooter uh, into taking me under their wing and uh, showing me the ropes from the uh, aspect of blueprinting actions to barrel making, bullet die making, bullet making, everything. It all came from uh, from the Emilio family. Well, I really appreciate you saying that. And people don't know that uh, Pat was far more than just a, a barrel maker. I remember the first time he ever had anything that was on the cover of uh, precision shooting it was his bullet making dies he was also into you know making bullets themselves and and doing all kinds of stuff so if you had to learn from one guy who not only could shoot but had expertise in a number of areas in the bench rest game pat was a pretty good guy to go to uh gail same way you know he he did a lot of things other than just make fiberglass stocks and one of the things he did best was building accurate guns that's right. Uh, well, I said, you know, there's not too many people in the in the sport that uh, are rounded in everything. I'm talking about not only building the guns, but uh, an excellent shooter uh, and knowledgeable about every aspect of the sport. And, and you know, that was your uncle uh, Pat. Uh, and you know, what all the things that we do nowadays to accurize the uh, the guns and 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 the stuff that he initially pioneered. You know, Bob Brackney is the one who first uh, initially wrote about some of those things in uh, the Rifle magazine. And from that point, look where we are now. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, and, and Bob Brackney such a great guy. I remember when he was a banker. 
know, yeah. it's funny you, you think about people. Me a and, for my first lay, though. <laughs> no, yeah, and, and I I had to go someplace else when I started my first business too. So, um, but it's funny when you see what people do for a living. And in, in like my earlier guest, avid gun guy, but a financial guy. He's not the first. We had uh, Noble Hathaway on, who's also a financial planner, who is an avid gun guy. Um, it, it's just funny to me to see what other people do in life and how they get affected by firearms and how they work it into part of their life. So let's talk about you. Uh, congratulations on being in the Benchrest Hall of Fame. That's not easy. Neither my uh, either my uncle or my father is in in the Hall of Fame, and I think that that is something that is wrong about the Hall of Fame because I think they should have a segment where um, manufacturers who have contributed to the game to the extent where it changed the game should be recognized, like George Kelbley and and his actions and. Uh, McMillan and stocks. I mean, there there should be a place in the Hall of Fame oh, for them. I, I absolutely agree with you there. You know, when I came into uh, Bantrash season, that was about 1976, uh, it was a transition point uh, between the old external uh, adjusted scopes, the uh, chrome molly barrels, the wood stocks. And when I came in, I was just at that transition point where your dad was introducing the fiberglass stocks. Uh, Pat was making some of the best stainless steel barrels in the world, some of the nicest actions. Uh, the bullets were being shot were some of his. I mean, the, all these things were all in that transition point when I came into it. And, uh, you know, the very first barrel that uh, was capable of, of getting me a Hall of Fame point was a McMillan barrel. And I'll tell you a funny story real quick. Uh, I was uh, in the lead in the heavy varmint uh, against Walt Berger, and Walt Berger was shooting right to my right. And Pat came up to me along with Gail, and then Pat said, I don't want to put any pressure on you, Speedy, but if you don't uh, beat Walt, you're never going to get another McMillan barrel, you know. <laughs> and so the match starts, I look behind me, and there's Gail and Pat both watching me, and, and Pat yells out, you need to shoot somewhere between a 190 and a 210 group to beat Walt. <laughs> you know, life beside me. <laughs> yeah, pe- people hearing that story are going to think that that Pat was kidding you when he said that. But I know oh, no, Pat well was, enough to know absolutely he was not kidding you. <laughs> he, he was not kidding. He was dead serious, and they stood behind me until that last match. And I mean, I got got up off the bench, and they said, "What'd you shoot me?" I said, "It's a little one." And it came back, and it was funny. I've still got the group one of these days. I'll scan the target that, but it measures one way at one ninety and another way at two ten. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Well, he gave you the uh, the parameters for that, so just tell him you were just following directions. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I said, you know, that that was the beginning of of my, you know, work or search towards uh, the Hall of Fame. I'll say, I I never wanted to be a gunsmith or do any of the things that I do now. All I wanted to be was a competitor. And I was listening to your interview with uh, Derek Rogers, and you know he said basically the same thing. He just wanted to be a competitor, and uh, you know the the firearms and ammunition, everything that we use, are just the tools of the trade. I finally got to the point, you know, after working with Pat a little bit and Gail, that I wasn't satisfied with the work everybody else was doing. So I either was going to quit the sport or or learn to do it myself, and that's what I did. Well, you know, I know that, that that is not a knock on any of the other manufacturers or, or gunsmiths out there at the time. It's just a matter of when it's you and what you understand you're willing to accept in pursuit of perfection, 
that's different for everybody individually. And if you can't get it from anybody else, there's only one way that you can hold yourself responsible. And that is if you try it yourself. So I understand how you got there, but you had some background, some uh, um, educational background and some experience that made the transition into gunsmithing better. You're, you're a journeyman tool and die maker and a mold maker. So you've, you've had that experience, you know, long before you got into building guns, right? Well, uh, I mean, yeah, I hate to keep referring back to Gail and Pat, but if it wasn't for them pushing me and, and showing me some of the initial uses for that math I used to hate so much where I had actual application in the shop, uh, I don't think I would have ever gone into uh, tool and die making and or uh, mechanical engineering. Well, one thing I know for sure is that you didn't get into being a gunsmithing instructor at Trinidad State Junior College to get rich. So that tells me a lot about what kind of person you are, and I have a lot of respect for people because I know that you did it because of the love for the sport and for the people who who wanted to go to school, get an education about gunsmithing. You felt like who better to teach than the, the best guy I know who does that? So, uh, talk about your experience in the school. Well, uh, as I say, I was real fortunate in the shooting sports, not only to be taken in, uh, by Pat and Gail, but, uh, we had some of the other greats, uh, who, who developed, uh, the farms industry, especially the accuracy sports, you know, Mike Walker, Ed Schillen, Ralph Stoll, Lou and Ferris, Pindell, uh, Jim Steckel. Uh, for some reason, they liked this old long-haired redneck that came out of Texas. I had hair, you know, all the way down to my waist, and they took me in almost like uh, their son. And every one of them took me in because they wanted to pass on what they had learned all their life and not just let it go away. And uh, when I went to teach at Trinidad, I went in almost to honor all these people because they had taken me and allowed me to do what I wanted to do in life. And I wanted to pay that back to the students, you know, and when I went to teach, you know, I had the industry support. I had Brownells, I had McMillan, I had uh, some of the other barrel makers uh, around the country that all supported me and my tenure there at Trinidad. Well, not only were you an instructor, but you've done some other things in terms of the educational system. Uh, Headmaster at Brownells Trinidad's third year entrepreneurial program, advisory board of the Murray State Junior College Gunsmithing Department. It's not, uh, it's obvious. It's not just because you get paid. It's because you feel like there's some, you have something to offer and uh, something of value that uh, the next generation coming up really needs to have. So I, I really thank you for that. That's It's really close to my heart that somebody would give back as much as you have. I know it's something that we do. We do in a little bit different ways. We support the shooting sports, and we always have. That's that's where we got our start and, and happy to do that. But uh, you, you take it a little bit farther and actually spend a lot more of your personal time giving back to the, uh, the shooting community, and, and that's really terrific. Well, that's a lot of things that uh, you know, most people don't ever hear how you know, McMillan supports the uh, the uh, educational system where it comes to the gunsmith. We have colleges all over the United States, and uh, every one of the students, you know, when it comes time to doing their composite stocks, uh, they can call up McMillan, and McMillan will give them a you know, 20%, 25% discount. I've seen McMillan uh, 
even offer to give them a stock at no cost if the the students couldn't afford it. You know, I've I've had students, you know, say, "Man, I, I want to get that stock, but I can't get one." I said, "Just just call them in. I bet you they'll take care of you." And in every case, they came back. You know, they just gave me a stock. You know, so I mean, stuff like that. People around the country never hear about, but the, you know, the students. Uh, remember that, you know, the rest of their lives. Well, we got about two minutes left. Uh, Speedy, what do you want our listeners to know about you that you haven't had a chance to share yet? Well, uh, I guess what I'd like them to know about me is that, uh, you know, when I do work for all my customers, uh, I try to bring them in as a family, kind of like uh, you do and, and, and your relatives have, have with all the, the people that were involved with them. Uh, I like to see them become a better shooter than I am. Uh, I like to take time with them and, and, and show them some things that they probably wouldn't see otherwise. Uh, I don't want just a customer. Uh, I want them to be part of a, a community that, that shoots and enjoys shooting and passes that on to uh, you know other generations. I said that's, that's one thing I think we really need to do is, is, is look at the future and involve uh, our children or other people's children to shooting sports if their parents allow it. That's terrific. Um, how will people get in touch with you if they want to have you build them a gun? Uh, the easiest way is to get through uh, to me on uh, my Facebook page, which is Thomas Gonzalez. There's too many speedy Gonzalez in the country. Uh, or uh, just uh, contact me via uh, email, which is speedy.godzilla, like the monster, at msn.com. Well, that's terrific. Hey, thanks a lot for being on the show, Speedy. Sorry we, we ran a little bit short of time. Next time I have you on, I'll uh, dedicate a lot more time. We'll get to share some old experiences and, and uh, talk about some new stuff. Really appreciate you being on. Well, great. I appreciate you having me. I look forward to seeing you on the firing line. Thanks. Uh, I'll be out there. Okay, uh, to all our listeners, I want to thank you for sticking with us through uh, a little bit of technical difficulties and uh, some great guests. So I'm really excited about the show. Thanks for being here with us and uh, look forward to our show next week on voiceamerica.com. Go out and have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Be sure to come back for more next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The weekend is here. Enjoy yourself. We'll talk again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.